Hello, everyone. Welcome to Modern Musicology. My name is Alan. My regular co-hosts are not here tonight, Rob and Anthony. Uh, I am doing this flying solo, but I've got a couple of great guests that are going to be joining me. If you heard our last show, we were talking about musicians' rights and ownership of music and lots of other topics, and Taylor Swift came up a good bit in that topic um, because there's a lot of stuff going on with uh, that young lady, especially this past weekend. So I've got two awesome guests, two great Swifties, who are going to be helping me discuss this. And we have Tillman. How's it going? Hey, how you doing? Great. And Daniel. Hello. What's up? All right. How so, are you guys? Oh, good, you know, good. just doing the thing, man. Okay, so um, Taylor Swift, first of all, has been, uh, has had a, an hell of a weekend she had the release of the new version of her uh fourth album red we have a a new short film that she has uh written and directed we have an snl performance we have interviews on tonight's show and on seth whatever his last name is what's his seth, last name seth myers myers, myers. all i can think of is seth mcfarland and i'm like he doesn't have a talk <laughs> show seth myers um so there's a lot of stuff to talk about, but all this stuff comes from this big project that she is in the middle of where she is basically reclaiming the music from her first six albums in a fashion where she owns the rights to it. So you guys, what is, tell me about this past weekend. What was your favorite thing that happened this weekend? And we'll get into a discussion about Red in in just a second, because I really want to hear your thoughts on the new the new version of red see i think my favorite thing to happen out of all of it was seeing her on snl do the uh full yeah. 10 minute long version of all too well uh i agree that was pretty amazing yeah yeah as, as, that was definitely one of the better performances i've seen her do uh yeah. it, it was very very you could tell she was really feeling it when she was singing mm -hmm. it was i also unique think it was, one, it was one of the musical highlights of snl this season too really hmm. Um, I mean, it's fairly unique as well, just in the fact that she did, instead of two songs that most artists do, mm -hmm. she just did that one long 10-minute set. Not many artists have done now, that. The only other one that I could think of top of top, top of my head was Prince uh, mm -hmm, yeah. about six years ago, seven years ago. And even that wasn't one song. It was a, no, medley, it was a medley of, of segments of stuff from the newest album. Right. So this, it, at least in the sense that a one 10 minute song is a unique situation in 46 years of SNL history. So that's pretty cool. Right. Um, I did think it was a great performance and I, I, I was really uh, interested that she made a couple of really nice little uh, changes to the arrangement. Mm -hmm. So even if you had just heard the full 10 minute version of it on the album, when you bought the album on Friday, this was a different experience because she made those changes and it and it really altered the way that you hear the song. And I, I thought it was really good. Plus having the, sh the short film played on the screen right, behind, behind her. her right. That was interesting. Uh, it, it, what I find interesting about the, the 10 minute long version of the song is that I love the original short version of the song. I mean, I adore it. It's my, one of my all time favorite songs. But in the past four days, she's managed to release at least three different versions of the 10 minute long version. <laughs> and, right. You know, she had an acoustic version. She had her SNL version. She's got the, the, the record version. She's got the sad girl autumn version. 
Okay, so tell me about Red. First, talk a little bit about the situation that led up to all of this stuff that she's got going on right now. Because she has had a, a hell of a past year with two brand new studio albums, two re-records of previous studio albums, plus all this stuff that happened this weekend. Mm-hmm. So talk a little bit about Red and what, you're, what you thought of uh, when you heard it the first time. Um, well, I was actually really surprised that Red was actually the next album that she was going to release. So I didn't really true. throw that because I honestly thought it was going to be 1989, just based off of kind of some of the clues that we were possibly perceiving. Um, but no, my first instance of listening to Red, I mean, it sounded polished. It sounded just crisp and new, even though it's something you heard, what, eight years ago? When was mm-hmm. when was 2012? It's, it was, yeah, it was about 10 years ago. Yeah, about 10 years ago. But it just, it was very slick. Mm-hmm. And I did notice more differences in Red when we compare it to her previous recording with Fearless. Right, um, Fearless, I think, was a little bit more spot on. To oh yeah, it. I mean, as Daniel copy. knows, I did some spot listening to you know uh, different tracks at different points in each track, and uh, the re-record sounded almost identical to yeah. the original recording. However, many years ago that was, I, I actually was, questioned whether it was a re-record at one point. So I did I. Like, I was like, so this did is not I. A re-record. Exactly, and I was like, so maybe there's some loophole where, okay, well, first of all, let's let's talk about the situation that Taylor is in with her the music from her first six albums. Give us some background on that. Well, I think the the, the genesis of it, genesis of it all was when the company that held the music rights to her original songs put them up for sale, but apparently didn't bother to offer them to her. And instead they offered them to, what's his name? Scooter Braun. Scooter Braun. Scooter. And but she, but she approached company. them and asked, she said, I would like to buy the masters of mm-hmm. my original. And they said, Screw yeah, they, you. they didn't even yeah. give her the opportunity. Yeah. And then, uh, I believe it was sold a second time. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, Scooter Braun sold it under the, uh, notion that sh- they were not allowed to tell her about it again. So for the second time, she lost her her chance to mm-hmm. get it. And as a matter of fact, she was offered the chance finally to get it. But when she found out that I guess Scooter Braun would still be making money off of anything that she did with those original recordings, she just said, "You know what? Yeah, I'm done. I'll, I th- I'll just redo them." I think I heard that at one point the original record label did offer to give her back her masters, but it would be for every new album that she provides, she gets an album of her masters back. And so she'd have to do another six albums with that label in order to get her music. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's asking a lot. That's a lot of greatest hits that she'd be putting out Mm -hmm. just to try to fluff it up. Right. So she's in the middle of, so she announced last year, I am going to be re-recording in their entirety, my first six albums. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is a monumental undertaking. Oh yeah. Um, so what's interesting, I was saying earlier, you know, the first one that came out was Fearless, her second album. Mm-hmm. And I did a sort of like a spot listen to various tracks and it sounded precisely to the point where I was wondering, does she have in her possession the original like MIDI files or whatever? And she has some loophole where, you know, having those makes them not part of the masters that the record label 
owned and she could i don't know but it just sounded way too precise yeah i was i was was curious as to whether she was stipulated that she only had to re-record her vocals or if every Mm -hmm. instrument on the album had to be recorded right and with fearless i truly believe that she just recorded some of her vocals again Mm -hmm. yeah but with red even down to Ed Sheeran counting off. Everything has changed. Everything has changed. Thank you. (laughs) But I mean, he even counted down the song uh, again, but you can tell it was a different take. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, and and this one had a couple more of the little voice samples, like uh, where that she interjects little sound bites of talking or whatever. And you can tell that those were re-recorded as well on this one. Yeah, there was a lot more noticeable difference in Mm -hmm. red. Um, oh yeah. So I, you know, I, I really think that it may. But even if you, even if it was just a re-record of the vocals, the vocals sounded so close mm-hmm. on Fearless, mm-hmm. you know. But you know, this isn't like okay. So we, there's been a lot of examples of um, artists who have re-recorded songs or a group of songs for mm-hmm. precisely this reason, and usually it happens over a much greater span of time, like Kiss re-recorded 15 key tracks that they could then use uh, to market to things like movies and video games and stuff like that, that they had control over. But, you know, these are songs from the seventies that they recorded in the two thousands with a totally different lineup. And with Paul having a voice that does not sound anything like he sounded in the seventies and the eighties. And, you know, even even then, even if it's just a matter of I'm playing the same guitar, but with different strings, it's going to sound different. Yeah. And I'm just blown away by how precise both of these uh, Taylor Swift albums have been so far. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. And I think we, we, we've all said it about uh, Fearless, just about how almost doppelganger it was <laughs> uh but with red i think part of the reason i enjoyed red so much i enjoyed fearless it, it's a great album i enjoyed the remake of it i you know i've swapped out all my songs on my playlist to do the new versions of them and everything um but i think part of the reason As i like <laughs> exactly uh, i think part of the reason i like red the re-recording so much is it just sounds brighter it sounds more meticulously produced Mm. um she captured all the moments that i like about it like the unique uh strumming sound in uh in the song red itself the the counter Mm. the counter uh guitar that she sings against i was a little bit worried that maybe she wouldn't be able to capture that guitar effect again then i start worrying (laughs) then ironically once i hear red i'm like okay this is great but what about 1989 how is she right. going to do that? That's going to be another really heavily poppy album mm-hmm. that's all in the production. It uh, is. It absolutely yeah. is. Um, yeah. And Daniel was talking about 89 being maybe the next one after Red, since we thought that it might be the second one. Yeah, and she, she has released a song off of it already. Wild exactly. Games. Yeah, but that's a totally different recording, though. That's right. not one that matches the original like it will once the re-record comes well, out. Well, she called it Taylor's versions. It was, yeah. it was she did it because everybody oh. was doing the meme of her. So well, I thought it was for well, a soundtrack. No, she, there were people were doing a TikTok uh, uh, uh wildest dreams thing. And yeah. she said, Well, if you're gonna do the TikTok wildest dreams, why don't you do it with the real song? And I want to say <laughs> the real the Taylor's version and what's on that 
that horse movie horse is movie, also yeah. Yeah, right. different too. So that's like yeah, they are. They're very remakes different. or something. Right, right, right. right. Um, I, I I still think though that eighty nine seems to. I mean, I know it's been a while since 89 came out, but those songs still get played so much mm -hmm. that it still seems like it's too soon for 89 to be re-released. I have a feeling that 89 will probably be one of the last ones she releases. Yeah, because I just don't think there's enough time honest. to separate them yet. I think I think we might see uh, Speak Now before mm -hmm. we see 1989. Yeah. Um, just so she can get all the country western out. You know, and I was, I mentioned this to Daniel uh, this past week. I, I, I haven't heard an interviewer yet ask her what her thought process is in re-releasing in re them in this order. Like, right, how did she decide that, that Fearless would be the first one? And how did she decide that uh, Red would be the second one that she would put out? What was the thoughts behind that? I I'm think really I honestly just know. assumed she was going to do it in chronological order. You would think so. Yeah, you would think. Release. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm really curious to know what's going on with that. So my relationship with Red, it's odd because so it came out in 2012 and I vaguely remember owning it. So I remember like the first five or six tracks or maybe I what happens with me in an album is I'll start listening to the first like half of the album. I end up loving all the songs on the first half. I never get to the back half. ADD and I think that <laughs> I, I, I used to have that problem. <laughs> and I think. That happened with this album because I got to I can I can get up to maybe like we are never ever getting back together and then there's some memories of her duet with Ed Sheeran and because I, I, I'm trying to think that may have been released as a single but I have big memories of it so I'm listening to it and I'm going through all this I'm like do I remember hearing this song way back when like <laughs> um the lucky one because I mm. have I am in love with the lucky one right now and that's what I'm having on repeat or even Starlight and I'm like. I kind of remember it, but now I'm actually <laughs> listening to the words and the metal. And it, I mean, this whole album is fantastic. Mm -hmm. And I guess I'm really late to coming to appreciate it. Cause I really, I once it got, once I got past all too well, I'm like, uh, uh, I just need to read. I just need to hear that state of grace and red again. And okay. Mm -hmm. So here's my Tay Tay story. Uh, my history. <laughs> Daniel has exposed me to lots and lots and lots of Taylor Swift music. And, um, and I, I, you know, and I started to kind of appreciate some of it and I thought, okay, well, love song is, is it, that's a good song. I, I can kind of get behind that. And there were a few other ones that I thought, okay, that's nice. But, and then he would play stuff from red, but it was never the first song. It was always like the hits or whatever. And so it wasn't until the first time he played state of grace. And all of a sudden I was like, holy smokes, I love that song. So what did you think of the, so I think I ended up discovering that I bought the deluxe edition a few years after I bought it. And mm -hmm. I think I was playing you the acoustic of that in the car. I don't remember the acoustic that. of state of grace or it was the demo of state of grace. I, I don't know. Okay. Anyway, well, now that you've heard her acoustic version of state of grace, what do you think of that versus the original? Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, I prefer okay. the original. The, the, I do the, too. It's the drum, the drum part. Yeah, the drum part has such a drive in that song, and I, of course, being a drummer, I, I miss that. But I, I do I usually appreciate acoustic versions, and I've only heard it the one time, and I need to listen to it again. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's, it's good. It's good. It just misses that drive. 
That's mm-hmm. what I love about it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I tend to I like her 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 more upbeat songs. Uh just cuz they make me feel good when I'm listening to them. Um <laughs> the, the 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 downbeat songs, they're great. There's mm-hmm. you know, I love them too. I, mean, I love them all. I, I I don't skip tracks. But I I definitely tend when I cultivated my own Taylor Swift playlist, it was definitely when I looked at it at the end, it was mostly upbeat songs. Yeah. With of course all too well being on there uh, at mm-hmm. some point, but um, and better man, uh, mm-hmm. but um, yes, I was so happy to be able to actually hear her version of better man finally because yeah. I like the I like the original version of the uh, it was a big little little big town little big town <laughs> I like their town. version of it uh-huh. but yeah. I really always wanted to hear it in her voice. Because mm-hmm. just listening to the lyrics, you know, you know, she wrote it, and you know who it's about. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's just right. I really wanted to hear it with her emotional resonance behind it. Mm-hmm. So it speaking, was, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was, was just agree with Tillman about how great the, her version of Better Man is. Um, yeah. Speaking of Better Man, what she's done is a really smart, but B even more ambitious than we originally thought when she said she was going to re-record six entire albums is that she's basically made every one of them a double album Mm -hmm. by having all this stuff from the vault uh, Mm -hmm. that she has recorded new versions of. So Red was initially, originally 16 tracks and it's now 30. Right. I mean, that's a short album to begin with. (laughs) Right. And that is an awful lot of stuff to re-record. I mean, that mm-hmm. is just mind-blowing. Well, and consider everything that's happened in the past year. So, like, right. I think she announced she was going to start re-recording her stuff in late 2019, around this time. And then, what was it, June? She drops Folklore. Yeah. And then yeah. she drops Evermore. And then she drops Fearless. And then she drops yeah. Ray. I mean, how does she have time to okay. do all that? Okay. I have a theory about that. I oh, have okay. a conspiracy. This is my conspiracy theory. Okay. She is the cause of the pandemic. Because <laughs> she knew okay. she needed time to get all this stuff done. So she, she basically shut the world down. So she can- I'm of course kidding. You want to get skewered <laughs> by Taylor Swift fans. That's what you do. That's what you oh, say. I can't I can't imagine that one of them hasn't said that before now. Right. <laughs> but she's well, like, yeah, holy cow, I have committed myself to an awful lot of stuff. Yeah. It would would at this pace, I mean, we'll have all of her re-recordings out within the next two years. Well, and I'm wondering if we're getting a new album next. Like she's done two she did right. two new albums. She's got two re-recordings. It's time for some new music, maybe. I mean, which will drop just, in March or something. She just did real. two new albums. Yeah. I mean, that's she's she's a workaholic. She's, she's a workaholic. Quite she's the also overachiever. A, yeah. Exactly. I hate her. I, I find <laughs> it ironic that she was going to not do a world tour for Lover uh, mm-hmm. because she was just getting burned out and overworked and everything and then she turns yeah. back around after after the tour gets canceled or after her two show lover tour, uh, shows got canceled and she ends up just sitting down and doing so much more work but what I'm curious about is when she does release her earlier album uh, albums whether or not she's going to bring back her twang because I know she exactly. loses her twang yeah. 
uh, between Speak Now and Fearless. Yeah. Mm. And I was, I, this is something that I was thinking this past week, uh, that another thing that uh, I haven't heard an interviewer ask her yet. And that is when you're going back and revisiting these albums, especially early ones, when you were basically a kid, when you were a teenager and, and very early 20s, when you're going back that far to re-record, is there a temptation to change something, to redo something, to change a line that you thought, oh, that was a, a good song, but that one line is just terrible. You know, I is there is there temptation that. to? Yeah, I, but I could so far not. I see her doing it, but I could see her doing it as extra tracks, as right. opposed to yeah. replacing the original. She'll right. she'll have the original on there because right, that's right, the right. whole point. The whole point of it was to re-record her original music. Mm-hmm. But I could see her saying, you know, if I had to rewrite the lyrics to this one particular song, maybe I would record it like this and. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, yeah, she that's would, but it, yeah. definitely within the realm of possibility. She did change a line in her debut album when it became a single, mm. I think, to make it more PC. Um, okay, that was in Picture to Burn. So I'm curious mm-hmm. which, which, which one she record. records, right? More right, than likely, right. it'll be the new, the PC one, probably um, so, right? But what's interesting is so, like, we were saying how closely read. Was very, it's very similar to the original recording. Um, there was one song that went from country feel to almost to synth pop, and that was Girl at Home. Mm. I was listening to that this morning because I pulled up both the original and the new one, and the new one she completely did a new arrangement for. Yeah, huh. the uh, I noticed that myself. The original Girl at Home is much more country, it was okay. And then this, the, new, the one on red is very much like a segue into 1989. Right. I would agree with that. And so this re-record project goes up through reputation, right? Correct. I, I'm just really curious to see what's going to happen when she gets around to re-recording reputation, because that's going to be an interesting one as well. That's that's the one that I just don't like. I find it really cold, very mechanical. I find it there, there's no warmth to it at all. And I just, I just find it alienating. And um, I'm going to be really interested to see what happens when that one comes around. But it has so you and I have very problems. different. Yeah, you and I have oh, very different views of reputation. But um, <laughs> I love reputation. I think it's one of my getaway favorite. car. Okay, getaway that's, that's one good song. Ready for it is no, that's insane. awful. Re- ready for it, I can't stand. Oh no, you're on crack. I know okay, everything. Boomer. Everything from the video to the the live version of "Ready for It" to me just is just that's what I wanted to hear on that album. And <laughs> when 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 that song hit, I was like, okay, I'm 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 in. I, I want to see. But that's her her club album. It's her nighttime yeah. club. Yeah, album. I know. It's I know. I also think that was kind of the one where she's like, she. I think she's got the plan where it's like, all right, I'm going to look for another record label. Mm-hmm. or create my own or whatever i'm gonna get out of big machine yeah and she just kind of here's what it is and i'm gonna do what i'm gonna try to be i'm gonna embrace that reputation of what the world thinks of me at the time as just being a snake because of that because of kim kardashian um and that just all her all the rumors about her and so she's like right. i'm gonna embrace that see what happens hmm. and that's what we got yeah yeah i mean she started to do that in 1989 with uh oh yeah um, a couple of her tracks on there she started to show oh, sure. a little bit of her anger um with the way yeah. she was being treated uh but it really comes out in reputation obviously mm-hmm. i think red is my favorite album out of all of them 
but mm-hmm. Reputation is probably my second favorite, to be honest. Just wow. because I can I can listen to it in the car and just jam. And yeah. It's just like I said, it's it's a thumping club album that I like. <laughs> right. And any album that passes the car test, you know, (laughs) that's a big deal. Okay. So uh, let's jump really quickly into the, the short film. Mm -hmm. What did you think of that? Oh, it was beautiful. I thought it was really well, well acted. Mm -hmm. Um, Well directed. Well directed. (laughs) Right. Uh, Yeah. I thought, I thought Taylor made a really good looking redhead. You know, and we got to look out for our own. <laughs> Believe it or not, I do have red hair. <laughs> I was noticed, I was reading a couple of posts online about the nuances, of the details that I didn't really think about. Because if you, because there's very, she portrays light in an interesting way. And what, I didn't pick up on that until someone pointed it out to me. Like the blue, there it's contrasting between like the yellow amber light and then the mm. blue light. And so if you know, ever noted, if you watch the video again, you'll see like the blue light when they're dancing in the refrigerator light, the blue light's meant to be cold distance. Um, mm. Fake Jake is uh, coated in blue light. Whereas the Stranger She's Things girl um, is an amber. Hmm. Yeah. I'm really bad with names. Stranger Sadie Things. Saint That's where Dylan. I knew her from. I yes. knew I recognized her. I just couldn't figure out where she was from. Yeah, she's also in one of the Fear Street movies. I was just gonna say we we just saw her in something else that that awful Fear Street movie. <laughs> I just the fact that she could get all this stuff done and it's kept a secret I, blows I me know. away. Like she uh, just okay. drops that spoiler, or she drops just drops the announcement. Hey, this is coming yeah. out. It's a ten minute film. Yeah, short yeah, film I mean, that I'll probably re- win an Oscar for. If I recall, <laughs> Evermore had like a twenty four hour drop notice. It was yeah. like. Evermore's coming yeah. out on Friday. Enjoy. I'm like, yeah. what? <laughs> Here you Excuse go. Excuse me? Yeah. There can't be another full album. Yeah. I'm I know. Sure sometimes her PR people and just marketing department are like, oh, God, what are we doing now? <laughs> but at the same time, I'm sure her record label is like, she can do whatever she wants. We don't care. Yeah. Well, okay. So two points. One, I've, I've mentioned to Daniel before, I, I'm shocked when she left Big Machine that she didn't just start her own label. Mm-hmm. She is a smart girl. She has boodles of money. She could hire anybody she wants. She could cherry pick talent from other established labels to come and run a label for her. I just, I'm shocked that she didn't do that. Not only for her own albums and especially for the Taylor's version albums, but to cultivate new talent Mm -hmm. that she, because she's always about new talent. She's always about, you know, tweeting support for some, you know, new star that's on the rise, she could be the one behind the new star's rise. I'm just surprised that she's gone to a different record label. Yeah, I kind of expected her to go the route of Metallica, where Metallica has basically corporatized mm. themselves. So mm. they they make their own albums, they, they have their own record press, they do everything totally mm-hmm. within the four of them and their management team. Mm-hmm. There is no record label yeah. at all. Yeah, they yeah, are yeah. they are the record label. So I'm surprised that she didn't go with a more controlling route like that. Yeah. Now clearly she got a deal with a record label that's to her liking. You know right. I'm just really surprised that she didn't take this opportunity to start her own like empire. 
No, I, I, I agree. It's like I said, when I first heard she was doing all this stuff, I fully expected mm-hmm. her to go that Metallica route. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just say, this is our territory, and if you want to listen to our stuff, you got to listen to it our way. Right. Um. So I had two points to make. I don't remember what the second one was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's all right. It'll come back to me. Um. So uh, maybe. <laughs> That's fine. Um, so on the night that Red was released, she uh, appeared on Seth and on um, that other guy. The Fallon. Tonight Show guy. Fallon, yeah. yeah, 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 Fallon. So y'all watch both of those interviews, right? Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. What'd you think? Yep. What, what were some of your impressions, your takeaways from those? I like Seth's interview more. I agree. Um, I re- his was very more conversational. And then mm-hmm. Jimmy Fallon was more like, hey, I'm going to ask her a question in between all these antics I'm going to do. Yeah, <laughs> he, he tends to be more trying to make himself laugh in his interviews. Yeah. And where Seth Meyers, actually, I felt like he was having a poignant discussion with her. Mm-hmm. Yes. He asked very her about so. the whole reason mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. her re-recordings where Jimmy Fallon didn't. Yeah, and I yeah. felt like she she interjected that herself into mm-hmm. the Fallon interview, but was asked it instead, right. which I thought made a difference in her answer. She she gave a bit more explanation in the Seth interview. Right. Mm-hmm. I think she appreciated it. I think she mm-hmm. just based on the her her expression on her face when he started talking to her about it, she got serious. Yeah. She was like, "This is what's going on," and. Anytime you see something that says Taylor's version, you know that it's, you know, my version and it's going to me. Right. So it was nice having that explanation. But, it, I, like, I have much more respect for Seth Meyers as an interviewer than I do for Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> because yeah. he, Jimmy Fallon is funny, but he he always is making himself laugh. He's like or the he's, perpetual frat boy. Right. Or he's buttering up the guest. He does that a lot. So <laughs> yeah, it, Totally. It's hard to get beyond that sometimes. Where right. Seth Meyers will actually have a conversation. Right. A good interview. Right. He also spends too much time on, we got a game show coming up that Taylor's going to play with us. And, yeah. you know, Seth doesn't do any of that. And it, and it gives a little bit more breathing room to the interviews, I think. Right. Now, I don't know if you guys saw it back uh, when she did Fearless, but she showed up on Stephen Colbert. Mm. Uh, to mm. explain to him all the reasons why "Hey Stephen" was not written about Stephen Colbert, <laughs> <laughs> but she had a she had a dream board that was all Stephen Colbert. Oh, funny! So she was explaining it all, and, and it was it was very. If you can find the clip on YouTube, uh, uh, go go watch it. But it's all her reasoning as to why "Hey Stephen" wasn't about Stephen Colbert. Nice. <laughs> That's funny. Nice. What bothered me about the Fallon interview was the fact that Taylor Swift doesn't know who Grimace is. <laughs> like. <laughs> Did your parents deprive you of McDonald's as a child? I was like, well, he automatically knows you're lying now because he didn't oh, know who Grimace was. Right. Well, clearly, she's barely eaten food in her life. So <laughs> so I'm sure that she has not even been inside of McDonald's. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> right, Taylor, let's go to McDonald's one day. Yeah, really. Get let's her. find out who Grimace is. We'll introduce you. She always does really well on the late night circuits, I think. Um, but... Definitely the Seth Meyers interview wanted out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you see any of the interviews that she did with it was during the red carpet event for the short movie? So I think no, it was I like haven't ET, seen those E News. No, I, have, um, those, I have not seen those. Those were very laid back. It mm-hmm. seems like she actually had a rapport with a couple of the reporters. 
Um, one of the reporters was talking about she was getting a cat, and Taylor like lit up, <laughs> lit up, <laughs> and the interview turned into talking about her cats, right? Um, as it should. Um, what was really, I guess, touching about it was the fact that there were fans that were outside on the street that were just singing all too well to her while she was trying to do the interview. So she kept getting distracted by the audience singing. <laughs> Man. Um, and I from that, that, I know, um, they were giving away Taylor Swift branded tissues for those for that event, which you can now buy yeah. on her store. I was going like, to say, I saw oh it on my her gosh. store. I was like, are you kidding me, right? That's insane. Yeah, so, uh, Christmas present, guys. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hint taken. Here's a little pack of tissues that have Taylor Swift's name on them. Okay, so here's here's a situation that I foresee coming at some point. Um, as she continues to re-record these early six albums, the people who own the rights to the original recordings are going to start using them. They are going to put out, you know, Taylor Swift's greatest hits albums. They're going to do like, you know, Taylor's greatest country hits or whatever. And then they'll do a second one for pop hits and all this kind of stuff because they're, they own these recordings for a reason. Oh yeah. You know, they are going to continue to repackage that stuff. And so she's going to end up competing with herself. So two things. Um, They've already tried that. So they released an acoustic session from years ago mm-hmm. um onto spotify mm-hmm. and okay maybe three things second thing taylor's fans will absolutely just not right do anything about it because i mean taylor will write a note about it on instagram right. and tiktok and tumblr sure. and <laughs> everywhere else and but they won't they refuse keep to, in mind that greatest hits albums are not geared toward fans they are geared toward the general public right sure. Question is, like, what kind of greatest hits album do you put together? Because every song on all of her albums are fire. Fire. Wow. <laughs> fire. <laughs> um, <laughs> I had a third point. Yes, you did. Yeah, what was that third point? You'll, oh, you'll remember so, it when I remember my second point. Nope, I already remembered it. Um, there are a lot of different institutions now that are already, like, backing and supporting Taylor. Like, the mm-hmm. iHeartRadio Network now mm-hmm. will not play any right. of her non-Taylor's version stuff if right. the Taylor version exists. Right. I just so read I about think, that and myself. I, and good for them. Yeah. I'm glad that they're doing that. You know? So I think eventually it'll get to a point where, yeah, the people who bought her rec- her masters from mm-hmm. Scooter Braun are going to be like, well, we can't do anything with this. And then maybe eventually she'll get those back down the road. They can still press... They- they, they can still press cheap CDs and they can put it sure. on store shelves and people will buy it because they yeah, won't know CD? the general public won't know any different. Fine. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, They're going to put it out on an eight track and you know, people... <laughs> <laughs> they're coming back. <laughs> they always do, man. Everything <laughs> makes a comeback. So which album are you most looking forward to being re-recorded? And what are some of the like, I know that the 10 minute version of all too well was known of no one had heard it, but you knew about it. And so that was one of the things that people were hoping was going to get included on red. And then it got included on red. What are some of the things that you're looking forward to hearing on further re-record albums and which one are you most looking forward to the, the full package? Uh, I think I'm most curious about reputation 
but I think I'm just looking forward to speak now. Um, because I really like that album. It's got some really catchy songs on it. Uh, and I'm very curious to hear her take on a couple of those songs uh, yeah. after after you know, she's grown up so much. Um, but I'm wondering whether or not she will take a stab at re-recording some of her songs, like her songs off of the Hunger Games soundtrack, mm-hmm. and also put them on some of her other upcoming albums because i would like to hear her update those songs because they're they're both fantastic songs on on the mm-hmm. on the soundtrack but i'm not sure whether or not she's going to be able to do that or not well I mean, I that's what i was wondering is what what record label was that released on i would have to do some yeah exactly yeah. yeah yeah i don't know i, I doubt that was big machine no, it but was probably Warner Brothers. One, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So there may not be a need to. She still could. Right. I would. I would. I would like to hear her kind of update. Yeah. Everything that she could. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Just to have a whole new fresh slate mm-hmm. going in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's another one she did crazier for. I think the was it the Hannah Montana movie that she mm-hmm. did when she was relatively young. I'd like to hear updated. Mm-hmm. See what yeah, you never know. Her. I mean, like like I said, she did Better Man, so you never know. She might mm-hmm. come back and do some of the other ones. Yeah. yeah, I'm really glad we got to hear Babe too. Yeah, Babe's a good song. That was a great. Song. I love the Sugarland version, and I love her background vocals on it. And I just, mm-hmm. I'm glad we got to hear her version of it as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I, I I like all the new content that was on the the album from the vault. Okay, from from Red, what was your favorite Vault track? Uh, uh, discounting the ten minute version of All Too Well, everybody knows that's the favorite. What else uh, were you most impressed by when you heard it? I really, really love the lyrics in the duet that she does with does with Phoebe Bridges. Bridger? Yeah, those Bridges. those are really real Bridgers. Like the how can you know everything at eighteen but nothing at twenty two? Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God. Um, that was great, and it's a self, very self-aware line. Yeah, very self-aware. Yeah, um, and then the new one she did with Chris Stapleton on background. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, I think out of all the tracks that she released from the in, in the vault is "I Bet You Think About Me." Mm-hmm. I at first was kind of like on the fence about it, but then I saw the music video she recorded for it, and yeah. it was so funny yeah. that the video made me like the song because I, I got a different level to the song uh from it the but there then again you know there, that's another thing that she did this past week that we didn't even mention the fact that she released a, music a music video video. for a whole yeah. different song other than all too well yeah true yeah that's something i didn't even remember to put in my introduction so talk about that video have you the, watched it yet alan yes okay <laughs> But I mean, I I thought I thought it was a very cute, clever video, and like when she grabs the cake and shoves it in her mouth, just that moment of her with the cake all over her face, I was like, see, I don't know any other artist that would do that. Yeah, <laughs> just coming off looking that silly. Yeah. yeah, the video very much could have also been like Speak Now Part Two or something mm-hmm. like that. Because that whole thing takes place at a wedding, and then the whole thing takes place at a wedding. Right? Yeah, um, 
Oh, I had a thought. Oh, one thing that I've noticed that was different from between Fearless and Red is just all the extra stuff we're getting with Red that we really didn't get with Fearless. We got right. a couple of singles that dropped. Right. For right. Fearless. Right. Right. We, we got lyric it, videos. We and, got lyric videos, which she did for this it. one, but we right. did not get a new video. Mm-hmm. Um, you certainly didn't get a 15 minute short film. No, we didn't. And not. that was one of the things I think that she said on the Seth Meyers show is that she purposely went out because fans were saying that they wanted new videos and things mm-hmm. like that. So I think that's why she gave up mm-hmm. so much more content this time. I mean, and stuff is still coming out. Just today, she released the lyric video for the summer uh, or the autumn sad girl. Uh, you know. But this, th- there weren't any advanced singles from red there weren't you know fearless was led off by uh, the new version of love story and then there was something else one of mr the perfectly tracks. fine mr. right 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 but the there was first instance any... we hear casually cruel right mm. first line time we hear that line or the mm-hmm. second time we hear it but really it's the first time because it was right. put in you know timey wimey right yes um, but there there wasn't there weren't any advanced singles for red which i thought was weird Mm-mm, i did too but i yep. but now you know at the time i thought it was weird but now when you see how much stuff she had planned for that first mm-hmm. weekend and the first week to really launch and push that album i had no idea that she was going to make the 10 minute long version the centerpiece of the re-release Right. I thought that was going to be a novelty piece that she mm-hmm. said is on here yeah. and enjoy it. But I didn't realize to the extent, I mean, I don't know if you've got the the vinyl, but even like <laughs> the lyrics on the, the cover here. Nice. It's, that's down. all handwritten of the, the 10 minute long version. Cool. But I just, I thought she was going to focus on, Red and a couple of the other uh, songs, but more so like she did with Fearless and release her version of an older song like Better Man or, mm-hmm. or like she did with the uh, I Bet You Think About Me. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, the way she did it surprised me, but I loved it. But I, then again, every time she does something, it's she surprises you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a different approach every time. You can't mm-hmm. pin her down, which is great. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's next on the horizon? What do you think? I know we've talked about a lot of things. Like Daniel thinks that it's time for another new studio album. Um, what do you think might happen next? I know it's impossible to predict, but what would you like to see happen next? I would like to see a new studio album followed by another tour. I was going to say, do you, nice. think, do you think a tour will happen while she's in the middle of all this stuff? And what will, I mean, her recent tours have focused on her pop albums. What do you think a tour at this point, when you've got Folklore and Evermore and Red and Fearless that are all new releases, what, what it, is a new tour going to look like? Yeah, she has always focused on her latest material on her tours. Mm-hmm. But having to skip over Folklore and Evermore, if she were to release a new album... That just seems unheard of. So she's going to have to come up with a way to, yeah, focus on those albums as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because you would think. I mean, she hasn't done anything from Lover, mm-hmm. Folklore, right. Evermore. She didn't get. She didn't get That's to true. tour for her last three albums. That's true. Yeah. yeah, and it's. I'm wondering what would be interesting. But I, I don't think she's at the level now where she can't do it. But doing smaller venues, like playing at the Fox Theater. And right, doing yeah. more of a stripped down show because that's kind of what Evermore and Folklore is. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that would be fantastic, but you'd have to do like 
15, like two weeks at one venue just to see mm-hmm. the same kind of crowd that could fit inside like the uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So do you think she'd ever do a residency like some of these other big artists have done? That wouldn't surprise me. I think, yeah. though, she wants to be able to see her fans everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, but granted, the Lover Tour was only going to happen one East Coast spot, one West Coast spot. So I guess she's kind of right. like, eh, they'll come see I me. Think, yeah. It's just That's not much of a too, tour. <laughs> no, and man, I was this close, this close to, to pulling the trigger on a Boston vacation. Wow, nice. Just to go up there. Mm-hmm. but. I thought then, you bought tickets. No, I was going to, and I changed my ah. mind at the last minute. And I was like, you know, something's holding me back. I don't know what it is. Something's holding me back. And it turns out, well, it's obviously premonition of COVID, and I'm a genius. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. So <laughs> the last the last tour she did, you guys went to see her, correct? In Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So what was what are your memories of that tour, and what was your impression of it? Oh, that was. It was like watching Cirque du Soleil in a way. Um, Mm -hmm. It was, it was insane. There was something going on at all times. Mm. I still watch the Netflix special uh, that they have of it. It's fantastic. It's one of my favorite all time concerts. There was just something to look at the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Now remind me, what was the song? Cause you know, she did a unique song at each venue. What was ours? Cause I don't remember it. I'm pretty sure it was lucky one. Was it? I'm pretty sure Dang. it was. All right, I'm gonna need to find some videos on YouTube because I don't. Because again, I it was either Lucky One or Starlight. It was one of those two. Oh, dang! Now I'm upset that I wasn't paying attention during that song. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, but it wasn't registering that I'd right, anyway. Yeah. Right. Um. Yeah. No, I mean that was a fantastic show, and it was it was there was a band right because I know yeah, this was very. Yeah, the- the band I mean, was they behind, were just hidden uh, from most of the yeah they, they had that screen that shifted and if you go and you watch the the video you'll see yeah. the band come out and she brings them out on stage at one point and they do a couple jams together yeah. on the on the one or two songs when a, a band is actually needed right um well you know she that's sorry the that's thing. me being snarky no <laughs> it's it's not and that's part of the reason why i'm really curious to hear mm-hmm. how she handles the next mm-hmm. two albums because they are very much in the studio exactly uh, there's very one of the things i used to complain about is that i like her music that she has a full band backing her yeah more than i like the the electronic sounds mm-hmm. Um, which are so heavily predominant on reputation. Oh, yeah. And that's one of the reasons that I don't take to that. You mm-hmm. know, it's just not my thing. But, but I think it would, it could be my thing if if I liked the songs. And I just don't find that many that I like. Getaway Car is certainly the uh, exception. Did you go to 1989, Tillman? No, I've just seen the, uh, just seen the concert video just, that was on okay. Apple Music or Apple TV or whatever it was. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which watching it i'm not as big of a fan of it as i was reputation um it was great but there was mm-hmm. it just felt a little hollow to me i don't know mm-hmm. maybe because i wasn't there i didn't get the original energy <laughs> yeah you know it was it was pretty great i was really high up and couldn't see too much but it was still a very good show yeah i think next time i'm gonna splurge for some good seats <laughs> our seats of reputation were pretty good yeah i mean especially when she moved and she came like like right in yes. front of us so that was pretty nice 
It was great. I have a new phone camera that has like an optical zoom now, so I can actually get a decent photo. Nice. <laughs> um, oh, one thing I wanted to mention, the, the long pond sessions. Mm-hmm. So she gave us folklore. She went back up and recorded the Sad Girl Autumn version of All Too Well. Mm-hmm. And that's got to mean she went up there and recorded some other stuff, right? I'm like sure she did. Getting... She wouldn't have done it for one song. Yes. We should be getting some Evermore or something as a Disney Plus special in like a week. Mm-hmm. I hope so. Mm-hmm. I'm putting that out there. Yeah. And I was going to say, when so. y'all were talking about the, the more intimate nature of folklore and Evermore, I could totally see, you know, if you're if she's not going to be able to play small venues, do one small venue and make it a, you know, like they used to do in the old days when you did pay-per-view events, but do a live stream of on whatever service picks it up, you know, and, and so that people do see it. Yeah. I, I would, you know what? I, Holiday I would, special. I would love to see, you remember MTV unplugged. I would love to see an MTV oh, unplugged yeah. or Taylor Swift. Yeah. 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 Totally. Totally. Mm-hmm. That would just be amazing. It's just her and the guitar. Yeah. Uh, or storytellers with her right. guitar. Right. So one thing I'm wondering, I, it probably doesn't apply because she doesn't own the mask. Well, so she did it. They released a Christmas album for Taylor that had like five songs with her own rendition of Silent Night and mm-hmm. you know, Last Christmas. And I'm wondering if she'll some she'll even see a need to re-record right. those. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about those. Yeah, she I mean, could. she did that one Christmas song, but not last year, but the year before last. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Christmas, yeah. Christmas right. Tree Farm, but I'm surprised she hasn't done a whole Christmas album, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be something that she probably delves into at some point. Yeah. Christmas Tree Farm was also on the new record label, right? Because that was after. Yeah, it, it came out after Lover. Yeah. It came okay, out after yeah. Lover, so yeah. Now that the excitement of this one is starting to wane, I'm waiting for the next one. Going okay, let's let's start the roller coaster up again. It's already <laughs> waning. It's only been like four days. Well, it's been like 30 minutes since I saw the last new content. <laughs> I mean, Spotify just did ask me like, "Do you want to play something else besides Taylor Swift's Red?" Oh <laughs> man, Are even you... Spotify's on your case. Man, Spotify's like, dude, seriously. <laughs> yeah, right. you, need to, you need to calm down. <laughs> you need to calm down. <laughs> No. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let me put you guys on the spot because I want to know if you can even do it. Your top three Taylor songs. Well, you're uh, going to do it too, though, right? Obviously, but oh, you guys okay. go first, so I have time okay. to think about it. Okay. okay. Let me think about it here for a second. Well, you know my number one. State of Grace. Yes. Okay. Then probably Love Story? No. Oh. Red. That's That might be number four. No, but the one okay. So red is the one that really started to like hook me. What's the what was the first one that I really loved? It's not the goat one, right? God, no. <laughs> um, no, it's not. It's not from red. It's 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 from eighty nine. Oh, um, wildest dreams. No, shake it off. Oh, oh shake it off. Oh, shake it okay. off. Yeah. Um, I forgot about the songs on that album. I know, right? Hold on. I've got to redo my list. Ah, okay. <laughs> so, State of Grace, um, Shake It Off, and I'll say Love Story because I can't think of what else I could I would put up there. I need to play more maybe old, Wildest Dreams. Cool. I do like Wildest Dreams. Let's see, I think my favorite, I know, I know, <laughs> I know Alan's going to roll his eyes. Ready for it uh, is my favorite. That's uh, number one. 
That's yeah, your that's, number one Taylor song? That's my number one Taylor song. I just love the music to it. I love the music video to it. I love everything about it. <laughs> she's she's channeling the ghost and shell thing going on, and I just I love that music. That's video. why it yeah. is a good but video. That's not I, the whole reason why, but I love the song. Right. Um, I love the way that she opened up the concert with it because you you knew it was going to be the opening song, uh, but it was just really badass the way she did it. Uh, then. The next one might surprise you too. It's uh, "Nobody No Crime" off oh, of that's a uh, "Evermore." I really like that song. Uh, I, he- I heard that very game. recently somewhere. I forget where, but I I was like, oh, it was on. Oh, I remember it was on a thing about murder in songs. Right, <laughs> right, right. And 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 that's. I mean, that's not the reason I like it, but I love the fact that she told another story. Right. I like I like songs that tell stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the way back to the Gambler, you know, with Kenny Rogers. That <laughs> it's a story that's being told, and it's yeah. a really good song. When the, whether you're a country fan or not, you know that song. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I guess my third favorite would probably be I don't know. For, I hate to say all too well, so I'm not going to. So I'm going to say <laughs> I think style would probably be. Uh, one of my next ones style is good mm-hmm. um it's interesting with the stories sorry this is a whole another tangent that we probably don't have time for um is the with the with the introduction of folklore the stories are now about other people and other mm-hmm. just making things up versus right things directly impacted in by, by her exactly life. that's true you just made me think of one that i really love. i don't know if it'd be top three or not but betty Betty's a oh, great Betty's that is a that, wonderful that, song. That okay, whole trilogy of songs is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cardigan, Cardigan August, and Betty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so Daniels, you're on the all spot. Right, man. You're on the spot. Um, all right, so I have number one, I think, is probably Sparks Fly. Good song. It's so just upbeat and catchy, and I get all into it. Um, <laughs> getaway Car, because Getaway Cars. Yeah, kind of awesome. Um, poor Tom Hiddleston. Um, uh, uh, nobody ever appreciated my joke, but I always said, I said at one point, when they break up, I I was willing to bet money that her song about him would be called Low Key. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Dude. <laughs> oh, my God. That's yeah, hilarious. We still don't appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> My third one's all too well, but obviously I can't say that because Tillman didn't do it, so I guess I can't do it either. Well, you, you can, can do it if you want you to. Yeah, it. awesome. You gotta speak your truth, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> trying to go speak. back because speak now, speak now. Because <laughs> I keep my problem is I like have all these songs that I love, and I uh, I jump to the next one. I'm like, oh, I love this one too, and then yeah. I can't decide. Yeah, because and then what about, it's what about paper rings? Oh my God, that's number three. That's number three. <laughs> and, and and you oh, know, I I rings. still have a really big soft spot for uh, Miss Americana and the uh, yeah, uh, the uh, which, well Miss Americana, I can't remember. And the, right. the Half Blood Prince. <laughs> yeah, and the Half Blood Prince. <laughs> right, um, exactly. Heartbreak Kid. Um, cruel Summer. I'm that. It's cruel. That never got released as a single. Cause yeah, that was a good. Out. It, did it not? Because it was about. I think it was about to. I was gonna but say, then June hit. doesn't it play on the radio like all the time? No, I've never. Um, I'm sure I've heard it on the radio. No, I think you're making things up. Oh. Um. <laughs> well, okay, so you've named a bunch of songs on Lover, and you and you've hit right around 
two that I really dig, and that's The Man. Great song. Great music the, video. And The Archer. I love The Archer. Uh, Archer never really did it for me. Uh, I just love my least the, favorite lyric, the Archer. Number five song. I, th- I think it's probably my favorite number five song. Okay. Because I just love the lyrics. They're so self-aware. Yeah. And um, I just, I really love that song. She's mm. definitely grown up a bit where not every song is about relationship woes. No, no. <laughs> it's, 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 like like Daniel was saying, with the last two albums, starting with Folklore, yeah, she's not even really singing about yeah. her own business anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. There's a couple songs, obviously. That there are. are. Invisible uh, String is about, I think, their rela- her relationship with right. Joe. Uh, Paper Rings, um, Lover. Paper Rings. Mm-hmm. Um, but... What's your... So, with All Too Well, the 10-minute version, we got a lot of great new one-liners. Mm-hmm. What's uh, just what's your favorite one-liner from any of her writing? I like the line uh, where she said, "Every time you double-cross my mind." Yes, that's one of Daniel's too. He's I love like that line. Before. I love yeah. that line. That that whole verse, I think, is just mm-hmm. a really nice venomous verse. <laughs> yes, there's my my favorite from that from that song is uh and I, I i won't be able to quote the line precisely but it's where uh she's talking about i'm like a soldier coming back from war half, half my weight, weight. Yeah, half, half that right, was a, half right. Right. but daniel there was one from a previous album that i always would say what a catchy line what a really clever line that is and i can't remember what it was it'll come to you with that other thing you had to remember yeah i know who knows? I may have even said that other thing that I couldn't remember without even remembering that I was, that was the point I couldn't remember. One that of, was one weird. Of, one of the, the, the silliest things about one of the things I like about uh, Ready For It is at the very beginning of the track, very subtly, you can hear her clear her throat. It's like, <laughs> okay, okay yeah. she's literally and metaphorically clearing her throat right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just, I really like that one little touch. I know what it is. Okay. The ties are black, the lies were white. Yeah, that that's a good. Yeah, one. that's a good line. Oh, was that yeah. not the one you were talking about? I don't, I don't know, but that is a good one. Okay. I, I thought that uh, I really do remember that one being a standout line when I mm-hmm. first caught it in whatever song that's from. Yeah. What song is Get that? Getaway Car. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. <laughs> we need to no. educate you some more. I'm. I have. I have picked up a lot. So my question over the past now couple of years, yes, is are are you going to join us? on the next Taylor concert. I don't know. Maybe since the last four things that she's put out, I appreciate it a lot more than reputation. My apologies, mm-hmm. Tillman. That's um, right. um, I, I could, uh, maybe we'll see. And, and she still does love story. Right. Yeah. She's yeah. Like every tour, regardless of what albums come out, she still does love story. <laughs> well, well you know, you got to do some of those. of those old big hits. Yeah. It's usually a part of a medley or now, but she yeah. still yeah. touches it. And that that was the other one. That was my other third song, other than style, was uh, "Long Live." I love yes. "Long Live." That was "Long Live." Uh, that was that was. I think I like that one better than I like "Style," to be honest. Hmm. I always envisioned "Long Live" to be like a theme song that could be played at the end of Hunger Games. Yeah. That was always my, whenever I envisioned, heard the song, that's what I was envisioning, like a Hunger Games type apocalyptic world. Ooh. Um, I love Enchanted. 
I love Enchanted. I forgot about Enchanted. <laughs> See, I keep coming up with more. This is the problem. We, we have to have a off point for this show at some point. We, <laughs> we do it for hours, man. Hours. Yeah. Let's just I talking. can just stop the broadcast and y'all can just keep watching. <laughs> You'll never oh, even know was... that we're not still live. I'm sorry. Everyone needs to know our opinion. No, it tells me you're in the show. I see it. Everyone can see and hear you. <laughs> can't fool me, Siler. We need to get you to listen to the, her first album. I don't think you've done a full listen to that. No. Alan. No. I'm sure I haven't. So we need to... <laughs> we. Like, this is some mission that you two are on. <laughs> mm-hmm. One of us. One of us. One of us. One of us. Or or Cybermen. You will be like us. <laughs> you will be upgraded by... You will be upgraded more. Or the Borg. You will be assimilated. <laughs> I can see I can see Taylor Swift being the board queen. Yeah, I can too. Yeah. <laughs> She's already got all of her minions circling around. Anyway, so uh I'm gonna pull the plug on this because it's it's gone kind of long. But that's okay. It was a good discussion. I enjoyed it. Thank you both yeah. so much for um for talking about your one of your favorite musical subjects with me. Absolutely. I appreciate yeah. the invite. And well, thank, thank you for you. doing a Taylor Swift edition of this i'm, I'm i hope the, that you're satisfied with this because there might not ever be another one well you know what comes out tomorrow that we'll have to talk about no my oh, God. Adele album, huh? oh no we're not doing yeah. it album, i'm sorry continue our sad line, girl like, autumn no no artist sad girl autumn. no yeah all right well no. uh, until i get my celine dion discussion then i this isn't over <laughs> you can you can just go ahead and consider it over <laughs> Oh, man. Anyway, so thank you both. Modern Musicology will be back with another episode very soon. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Have a great night, and we will see you around the bend. Gentlemen, thank you very much for joining me. I appreciate it. See you. All right. All right. Bye.